So this is from a recorded talk. So we've come to take up the precepts and also practice uh, samadhi. So why is samadhi something that we need to practice? And right now, do we have this quality of samadhi? Do we have a mind that is firmly established and collected? Because that's what samadhi is, this firm establishment of the mind. And during our daily lives, then we use this quality of samadhi and also sati, it's mindfulness or recollection. But it's in a form that we use it for work, or if we're of the age to be a student, then we use it for our studies. But if our attention span is short, then we won't be able to really focus on the studies in a continuous manner. And so we use this sati, samadhi, for studies, for knowledge that we use in our work. And if we don't have these qualities, then our work won't succeed very well, it won't be complete. But this type of samadhi and mindfulness that we use during our daily lives, it's one degree of mindfulness, but it's insufficient to give rise to understanding in the Dhamma. And so things appear and then disappear. They arise and cease, arise and cease. There may be sense impressions that we like or those that we dislike. And then when they come up and then they go, the mind returns back into the middle. It goes from this liking or disliking back into the middle. But the thing is, is that very quickly another sense impression appears and the mind gets caught in that then returns to the middle. And what happens is that the mind stays in the centered place for a very, very short period of time. And when that's the case, the amount of peace that we experience is extremely little. And it's not enough to understand the reality of sankharas, of conditioned phenomena. So sankharas is that which has something conditioning it in order for it to arise. And there are sankharas of the material sort and of the mental sort. And the material sankharas, we can separate out these into two types. Those which have a mind or a vijnana which is taking residence in that and those which don't. So we have mountains, rivers, trees, and the earth. And these are material, but they don't have a mind in them. The forms of human bodies or the bodies of animals, these do have vijnana, this consciousness or a mind. And these enter into this form. So these external forms, we could say are mountains, and trees, and various material things in this world. And the internal form is this very body of ours. And this body, it goes according to these qualities, which are universal qualities. They're equal for everything. 
and that is anicchata, this quality of instability or of change, and then dukkata, the quality of stress or suffering, and then anatata, the quality of non-self. So these three qualities are universal qualities. But when the mind doesn't have wisdom, in order to know these things for what they are, due to the lack of samadhi, due to our mindfulness not being in the present moment, and then we get deluded by them and we attach to them. So therefore we need to train these minds because the mind which is well trained brings us happiness. But if we don't train these minds, then they'll give us suffering. And so this is concerning this process and one kind of process which has ten stages in it. That which gives rise to suffering, it starts off with ignorance. And then it goes on in the process through to craving, clinging, becoming, birth, old age, sickness, death, suffering. So this is a process which happens internally in our minds. So if we have delusion within the heart, then there'll be one kind of process. But if there's knowledge in the heart, if there's wisdom there, then it will be a different kind of process, one of abandoning this craving and clinging, so that suffering simply can't arise. So everyone wants happiness. No one wishes to suffer. But this happiness and this pain, sadness, suffering, it has its causes for it to arise. And when those causes run out, then that happiness, that sadness, will too run out. So this is a teaching that the Buddha gave to Venerable Asaji, who in turn passed this Dhamma on to Venerable Sariputta. And he gained the understanding into this, that all things arise due to causes and conditions, and they don't have any genuine self to them. So when the mind has this quality of mindfulness and of wisdom, then it will gain a clear knowing into this. So on the day of Maga Puja, uh, the Buddha taught um, this very wide scope of Dhamma, a broad teaching, and that's to abandon all papa, all evil or harmful acts, to give rise to skillfulness and make this complete, and to make the mind entirely pure. And this teaching, it all falls within the path of sila, samadhi, panya, of virtue, collectedness and wisdom. So when we don't do anything which is harmful or evil, then we call this sila. When we're able to abandon things, this is sila, this is virtue. And this gives rise to peace. And peace of heart is able to arise. And so when this peace of heart comes up, then that there is sila. We abandon all papa, all bad things, all evil things. And anything which isn't good, which isn't beautiful, we don't do that, we put that down. And this we call sila. 
the Buddha laid down different types of precepts. And so for the monastics, there's the 227 precepts of the Patimokkha. So this is the main body of the monastic rules, but outside of the Patimokkha, there are many, many other rules. So these concern many different things, such as when a monk is going to leave a monastery, he has to make his dwelling clean first. So there are many different rules about many different things, and monks study the vinya, the monastic code. There's also the sila, the precepts of lay people as well. Really what this comes down to is anything which isn't beautiful, anything which isn't good, we call that papa, we call that something harmful or evil. And if we can abandon that, then this is sila, this is virtue. Our actions of body and speech are peaceful. And so then we get on to this inner cultivation, onto cultivating samadhi, through being aware of the breath as it comes in and as it goes. Because we see that during the space of a single day, our knowledge in us, our mindfulness, it's very rarely in the present moment. And when we meet with a sense impression, such as seeing a form, then the mind will proliferate. Perhaps it will proliferate into the past or into the future, thinking of it as something that we like, something we don't like. So this is all proliferation. And the same holds true for sounds that we hear or odors, tastes, tactile sensations that we experience. So our mindfulness is very rarely in the present moment. And when that's the case, then there's no real peace to the mind. That we overlook, we pass over the present moment, getting caught up in liking and disliking. And the mind just goes after this, constantly liking and disliking thing, things. And we never perceive the mind which is centered, which is in the middle. All we see is the ceiling and the floor, but we don't see what's in between. The Buddha then taught to bring skillfulness to completion. So we train our minds to have this kusala's quality of skillfulness or intelligent. And so when we, when the mind experiences something, um, then it usually, oh sorry, our minds, they are very rarely with ourselves. And that's just how things normally are for us. Our minds are really with ourselves. They just go all over the place, here and there. But we try to bring this mind back within ourselves, back to this body, back to the mind, and bringing it to peace. The quality of peace can arise. And then wisdom can come up following that. And this is the wisdom that comes from bhavana, from mental cultivation. Because we all have a kind of wisdom. This is a wisdom which we all need in order to survive in this world. And when we study, this is all about gaining a kind of wisdom. So in order to do things, in order to succeed, 
then we need wisdom, we need to be wise. If we're applying for a job in order to be accepted, then we need this quality of wisdom as well. And there really should be a foundation of sila. Because if it's a worldly kind of wisdom that we have, a lokiya, panya, then it may not have sila. And in that case, we call it micha, panya, this wrong wisdom. And people who have this can cause a lot of problems in this world. Wisdom also needs to be imbued with right view as well. This quality of wisdom, panya, is something that all people wish to have because it brings great benefits for us. But in order for this to arise, we need to train in samadhi first. When our wisdom is good, then our thoughts, in turn, will be good as well. So we train this quality of samadhi, of collectedness. And when we've trained in it well, then benefits arise for us. We don't harm ourselves, we don't harm others. And then we train this mind further so that panya arises, so we gain understanding, this vipassana, this insight. So when this comes up, then we see clearly. And the mind reaches a point of stillness, and we come back, look at the body, and we gain a clear understanding into the body, seeing that it's just that, just a body. It's not a being, it's not a self, it's not an other. Knowledge arises. But if our mindfulness just isn't present, if samadhi isn't firmly established, then the seeing that we have will be murky, it won't be clear. When we see something, then ignorance, craving and clinging comes up first. And so we take it as being a self. Then liking, disliking arise. Happiness, sadness comes following. But if the mind is still, if it has wisdom, then we'll gain understanding, we'll see into that thing clearly. So this quality of wisdom is something which can give light to our hearts. It can give us an understanding into the Dhamma, we can see the Dhamma. That this peace, this happiness appears within our hearts. And if its energy is full, then we go above the world, which means that we rise above all of the Ramanas, the sense impressions, because that's what the world is, its sense impressions. So it's not like we physically rise above this material earth, but rather we transcend the sense impressions. Any sight, sound, uh, odor, taste, tactile sensation, we go beyond that, we go above that. So in order for wisdom to come up, this samadhi needs to be continuously, firmly established. Because wisdom is that which gives light to us. And there is no light equal to the light of wisdom. There are many forms of light in this world, that which comes from candles, or from other inventions that we've made, or the light from the sun. And this gives us a kind of a radiance 
to be able to see things in this world. We can see forms. Because if that light isn't there, then even though our eyes may be functioning well, we won't see. There's just darkness, there's no light. If we're in a dark place, even though we may have good eyes, even though there may be forms there, we won't see those forms. And so this light is that which helps us to see. And when those light waves um, meet with the nerves in the eye, then there'll be a feeling of sight which appears. And so there needs to be all three of these aspects. There needs to be a form, there needs to be functioning eyes, and there needs to be light as well. And then there'll be this uh, jaksu vinyana, which appears, uh, the sense consciousness of seeing. But when this comes up, then the mind goes and attaches to that all over again as being a self. So this process of self comes up. And wisdom, it doesn't arise in time. But when we've trained ourselves in samadhi, then this wisdom can arise, and we can gain the understanding that these things are not self. They're merely of the nature to arise, stay for a short while, and then pass away. Wisdom appears, and there can be no suffering within the heart. So as bright as the light of the sun may be, it's not able to purify the defilements in our hearts. And for that, we need wisdom. So the Buddha taught us this, to purify our hearts through using wisdom. Initially, he taught abandoning papa as evil, harmful deeds. Anything which is unskillful, bad, we abandon those things. And when we can do that to a significant degree, then we train ourselves in samadhi so that this arises within us. And the samadhi that we cultivate, it's for the sake of freedom, for the sake of liberation. And samadhi, oh sorry, the samadhi that we normally have, and that all of us have right now, is a samadhi that we use to survive in this world. We still experience happiness and sadness, but it's not to the degree that we go insane due to that. But if our samadhi gets very weak, and all we experience is this constant barrage of sense impressions, and then there may be fear, for example, that appears, and then the mind thinks about that and all the things that can harm us, and it gets out of control, out of hand. And then in that case, it may uh, just go a bit mad. So we need to try to train ourselves together. So on this day of Maga Puja, the Buddha taught the heart of Buddhism. And this is something which we should all take to put into practice. So may all of you develop May all of you progress well. <laughs>